everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I am your host, Mima. And I'm your co-host, Johnny G, and we are... Chips, Chips on the keyboard. keyboard! Did you know the idea of emoticons was conceived before computers were even a thing? Would it surprise you if the first emoji designs were deeply influenced by Japanese manga? Today's episode, we will deep dive into the history of emoticons and emojis. So strap in and join us on this wild ride of smiley faces on your phone. Thank you for joining us today. I am Johnny G, and this is... Mima! Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We are recording what is, I hope, one of many episodes of this podcast called Chimps on a Keyboard. Chimps on a Keyboard! It's our Chimps pilot. Chimps on a Keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Episode one. The Phantom Menace. No, not that one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, what we're looking to dive into is to just run into like the lesser-known facts the small crevices of the less explored side of technology and other things that make modern society. That's right. Uh, we're also history and tech junkies, so we're going to go way back to the history of things or evolution of different types of STEM topics. Yeah, we're not just going to hit computer science, but technology in general. We will also have some awesome guests in different STEM fields, so we're really excited to hear from them and what they do and just anything that they can teach us along the way. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm actually much more excited about the guests than, than ourselves. Is, is that bad? Same. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I am the same way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, today's episode, we are going to go into emojis and emoticons, and surprisingly, how old the concept really is. You know, in my personal life, I tend to use emojis all the time, especially when I have to really show someone my feelings, like the crying emoji, the laughing, crying face emoji. Why uh, are you the, always all crying? All the important <laughs> stuff, you know? Like emotional depth that a man just generally can't display, right? Uh. <laughs> so you're just crying a lot. That's all you're doing. Crying, laughing, you're crying because you're sad. Live, cry, love, you know? That's all there is to life. <laughs> How about you, Mima? What, what's, uh, what, what's your most used emojis? What, what are the ones that you, you enjoy using the most? Uh, my favorite emoji... I'm actually more on emoticons um, <laughs> for some reason. I'm still doing the, the punctuations and stuff, the happy faces. <laughs> for some reason, I haven't... I guess if I were to choose one, it would be the, the rolling on the floor laughing one. Oh, that one Where one's it's kind of, sort of turning and then laughing it looks like it's crying everything looks like it's crying the the ruffle the ruffle emoji right if you want to call it that yeah i uh, i call it the rolling on the floor laughing interestingly you said that you still <laughs> use the punctuation marks i think that's more of a generational gap i i remember using uh, emo, uh punctuational emojis or emoticons back when i remember texting on a phone with using nothing but a numpad um, <laughs> that was the easiest way of, of typing and displaying emotions mostly winky faces in my younger years but you know oh yeah of course <laughs> the winky faces all right so i guess let's dive right in um mima if i told you who was a person uh who was first accredited who would you think it'd be the egyptians they started hieroglyphics oh 
Well, that's actually surprising to me. <laughs> well, what do you mean by the Egyptians? Well, emoticons and emojis are labeled hieroglyphic languages. And since the Egyptians started hieroglyphics, I would say the Egyptians started it a long time ago. I don't even know what years that was. Oh, so kind of like pictographs, you would say. Yeah, it's written all over the stones. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> written in stone, quite literally. You're right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you read online sources, a lot of people will claim that in 1992, uh, this engineer, uh, Scott E. Fallman, was the first person who brought up the concept of the emojis. Um, surprisingly, he, he, he brought this up, 1982, before what the World Wide Web is right now, in an earlier message board for Carnegie Mellon. And what's kind of like the proto-internet of the time, kind of like, what, what was it called? Uh, it wasn't Usenet, it was uh, something else. Yeah, you know it was what before, I'm talking before that, yeah. Yeah, it was like the early version of the internet. Um, he basically wrote a message stating that, you know, like that they should have something done with, uh, with, with faces, with punctuation. And what he wrote literally was colon, dash, closing parentheses to signify smiling. Do you know why he, why he said that or why he wanted to signify whether things were a joke or not? I believe it was him expressing a frustration that you can't convey certain types of emotion online. You can't tell when something's a joke if you don't know that it's obviously a joke. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes messages just come off kind of serious. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Uh, he was writing on a message board, and I guess he would put in jokes here and there. So he would give like actual facts or content, and then he'd write a joke, and then he'd continue with his facts. And I guess he was getting complaints of people not knowing where the joke was and where the facts were. It was just kind of, you, you couldn't tell. So that's why he was saying, okay, when there's a joke, I will put a happy face to signify that this is a joke so they know how to laugh. It was pretty funny. Oh, that is funny. I didn't even read that far into that, but that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> what, what, okay, for Carnegie Mellon University, what kind of jokes do you think they'd be making? Like, oh, hey, is your refrigerator running? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Back then, in uh, 1982, that's probably was a joke that was really popular. <laughs> <laughs> so what's funny about that is that that message was thought to be lost until recently. Um, by recently, I mean like the last 10, 20 years. Um, they literally had to dig up. Well, actually, they, they they weren't searching for it, but they had to dig up backup tapes. And in one of those backup tapes, they found the forum posts. So they were still using backup tapes uh, back in the day, at least to to save information. So, which is kind of interesting, all on its own. Scotty Fallman does have accreditation for one of the first things. You know what that first thing is? What's that? The first ASCII emoticon. It's basically technically the first ASCII um, um, smiley face. Hmm. Well, recorded, as far as we can tell. Who knows if someone else did it uh, before that. But at least in ASCII encoding, he's the first one. For those that don't know, ASCII basically stands for American Standard Code for Information Interchange. Uh, basically, it's kind of like a... You would think of it as a programming language for computers to use to write out letters to exchange information between a machine code and humans. Now this is important by how emoji is encoded later on and what is now emoji. So before Scotty Fallman, there was an author named Vladimir Nobokov, the same author who wrote Lolita. 
Um, in an interview with the New York Times, he had the idea about using a supine round bracket as a smile, kind of like a smiley face, but just just the bracket itself. Now, supine round bracket looks like a laying down parentheses, but with the pointy ends pointing up, so representing it as a smile. Now, that is cons that for a while was considered like the earliest concept of emoticon, but before him, back in 1887, Ambrose Beers had the exact same idea. Uh, in a printed essay he, he published called For Brevity and Clarity, he mentioned using the supine round bracket and even included pictures. I was just like listening like, oh man, like that was cool. And then I started looking at the keyboard to find that, you know, that key that you're talking about. It's not there. Which... It's, it's one of those, the supine round bracket is just one of those characters where you have to like go into your computer and open up the character map and look for it in that long list of hieroglyphics. Oh, wow. Okay. Language. No wonder, because I'm like, yeah, I don't see anything like that here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's a, well, no wonder it took off. You know, nobody can find it on their little typewriter. Right? <laughs> what do we use this one for? <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. This is actually a really controversial topic, because there's a person that dates way before the times that we're talking about right now. So we're going to talk about Robert Herrick's 1648 poem, Jesus. To Fortune. Yes, 1648. And so it's controversial because some people think he did it on purpose. I'm one of those people, and I'll explain in a second. Other people think it's just a typo. I don't know if it's called a typo or just he just wrote it wrong. I think it's a typo. Anyway, so the quote in this poem is, Upon my ruins, and then he opens the bracket, smiling yet, and then he closes it with a happy face. So it's like, a parenthesis opening it and he says smiling yet and then you see a happy face which is what the colon and the parentheses closing so to me i think he's just being silly and funny and he says smiling yet with happy face um but other people think that it was just a typo uh, oh, that's interesting oh wait yeah. uh 1667 you said right no 1648 1648 okay well yeah. Did they have typewriters back then? Because I don't think you can just make a uh, like a simple typo like that. That's exactly. So I don't know if it's a typo or if he wrote it like that. If he wrote it like that, I mean, that's he totally did it intentionally. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there were typewriters back then. Let me see. When was the Gutenberg press uh, created? You know what? Who knows if it's possible? Because the Gutenberg press was more or less invented back in 1440. But see, the process of printing a paper is also super manual. That very little chance for a typo to happen like that. I'm pretty sure that was on purpose. I think it's right? on purpose. Me, I'm going to give like him the benefit. Purpose. Yeah, he sounds like a funny guy. He said smiling and then he puts a smiley face. To me, that sounds like he's just a funny guy. <laughs> Plus, we also don't know if he was writing this by hand originally. And that's what where they got that. And then it was transcribed. Mm -hmm. So yeah. still, I, that's very that's very interesting. That's probable. Sixteen, six, what was he? Forty eight. Sixteen forty eight. Long Man, time ago. That is a long time ago. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, I mentioned earlier that Scott E. Fellman, who happens to be a professor at Carnegie Mellon to this day, he was unaccredited to have written the first ASCII ASCII smiley. Um, but that's also debatable, not because of the ASCII side of things, but in terms of like smiley on a computer. Before him, there was a learning system called Plato, 
It's a computer, it's what's called a computer assisted instruction system or a computer based education system. It's called Play-Doh. Uh, and basically, what it does is it outlines instructions for students of various fields to follow on the computer. Kind of like hooked on phonics, but for science. Well, in Play-Doh, anybody who was able to uh, log into a terminal for that's using Play-Doh, they were able to make emoticons and emojis just by simply typing a letter. Um, and once the cursor moves forward, they can press the back button and then type another letter on top of that. And with practice, a lot of people discovered that if you, if you, certain, if you align certain letters over each other, you can make certain shapes. They were able to make symbols and shapes like Batman and the Golden Age Flash, which is insane. That at that oh, that's point, pretty that, cool. That that was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, it was still like a, a like an eight by sixteen, I think, pixel. No, eight by like a eight by six pixel grid still, but with enough dots or shapes or whatever, it still looked like Batman or other <laughs> things. They they did uh, faces, hands, and and other other smileys. It, it was. It was very, um, it was very extensive. In fact, probably even more so than than ASCII smiley faces. Um, th this Play-Doh system ran on specific computers designed by uh, the University of Illinois. These computers were called the ILLIAC One computers. ILLIAC. What what year did you say this was? This was uh, um, speculated to be as early as 1972. Yeah, there's a whole website I think created by the University of Illinois that is kind of like a sitting shrine for the Play-Doh system and and basically just to bring back nostalgic memories of it. It has like a whole set of, it has a whole, the website basically becomes its own wiki just for the ILLIAC one and the Play-Doh system on its own. And they even have a whole page dedicated to smiley faces. If you want to check that out, uh, go ahead and Google that. They have their own heritage Play-Doh website. Now, Speaking of Play-Doh and using, like, pixel and characters, do you remember Wingdings, Mima? <laughs> Wingdings? I yeah. do not. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wingdings, I, would you consider them, like, kind of like the first version of emojis in a way? I've never even heard of it. Wingdings. <laughs> you, know, you don't know what Wingdings are? Uh, not that I can remember. No, I have no clue what that is. You, you've never gone to Microsoft Word... Checked out all the like the list of fonts and saw the ones at the very end called Wingdings. You never seen that? Oh, is that what they're called? I guess I never looked at the title of it. Yeah, they're called those Wingdings. like funky, funky fonts that like make little cartoon or images symbols. S symbols, yeah, those are Wingdings. Yeah. Okay, well that's good to know. Okay, so there, there there's like Wingdings, Wingdings one, Wingdings two, Wingdings three. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's even one, a version of it called Webdings. But basically, they are encoded characters. That um, well, as a font, and for um, at that time, that basically have there are basically pictographs. You can use those to create borders. At least back in like the the Windows DOS prompt days, those wingdings were used to create um, pictures on a basically basically black and green letter screen with no mouse, just a keyboard, and uh, you were able to create borders and stuff like that. That's kind of I would I would consider those kind of like a, like like the start of emojis or the start of emoticons or yeah emojis. I say emojis at that point. Yeah, yeah. The, the start of emojis, in my opinion. That Wingdings font was created by two guys over at Microsoft called Charles Bigelow and Chris Holmes back in 1990 or before 1990, but released in 1990. 
that's interesting. I actually didn't know that that that's what it was called. It was probably named it. Was it named one, two, three, and four? And then I, I never really read anything. They were they were just wingdings. I think was the first one, and then wingdings two, three, and four. I think. Mm. But it was like four different font sets that started off. Yeah, with I remember um, seeing that when I was a kid, and like, what the. F- is this for like <laughs> who's gonna write with this you know and just continued my life of typing do you remember like i want to say years later after that 9-11 tragedy people were like circling around this meme or this or creepypasta was even invented back then but they said oh if you typed in this specific set of words in the wingdings font you'll get two towers an airplane and a bomb and a death do you do you remember that at all being circulated that was like a like no. a bit urban myth <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Really, I remember seeing that once um, online somewhere. Not at YouTube. That was before YouTube as well. But like the early two thousands internet, someone was circling it around like as if it was some kind of weird conspiracy theory. Like, oh my god, Microsoft knew already. Mm. I always try to stay away from those uh, those weird theories. So I did not hear about oh, that. That's really interesting. I was full. Did you ever try it? I, I did actually, and yeah, like, they exactly like I said. I pressed the specific buttons and. Sure enough, like two towers, an airplane, and a bomb, and that simple, and all these other things. Like it was, it was funny, but but you could do that with anything. You can make anything if you know the right yeah, you can keys and strokes. Yeah, I just I just found that funny that they had like for some yeah. reason Microsoft would reveal its true evil nature <laughs> and identity through a Windings font. You know, <laughs> that's what they were for. Yeah. I was wondering this whole time if they truly <laughs> wanted to be evil, they would have used Comic Sans. <laughs> It's funny. <laughs> so after Wingdings, in 1997, a company called JPhone launched the Skywalker DP-211SW. That's a long name. <laughs> yes, it was a type of cell phone at the time. JPhone in Japan launched that phone model, Skywalker. Whatever has to do anything to do with Star Wars, and it contained a total of 90. They're not called emojis then, but 90 pictographs, which had a lot of like the main staple emojis nowadays, including like the moon phases and so far even as the the poop emoji or the frozen yogurt emoji, as people want to call it. Is that what that is? Yeah, apparently it's a frozen frozen yogurt emoji. Frozen chocolate, chocolate, frozen, the froyo, chocolate froyo. Chocolate froyo emoji. I don't know why they chose brown, but that's supposedly what it is. Not because chocolate, everybody loves chocolate. Everybody loves chocolate. Japan started that and I mean it included the moon phases which I mean not many people use that emoji nowadays but I whenever they say emoji um, I do remember the moon phases for some reason as one of the main things they have out there how often do you see people use a moon face emoji moon moon phases emojis moon phases see I'm so lost with communicating I'm still on emoticons guys Uh, I don't even know what a moon phase is you know like like it's a moon, like a like an eclipse, and then it goes to a full, then full half, then third, and you know. Oh, oh, so they have those? That's cool. Like you know, waning moon, waxing moon, a gibbous moon, you know, Nemo. Everybody <laughs> you knows know, all those. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> now, around the same time period, a company called NTT Docomo released a phone called the iMode. No relation to the iPhone, just called the iMode. One of their designers, Shigetaka Kurita, um, who happens to be one of their interface designers, created a set of 176 quote-unquote emoji for the phone. Now, if you talk to Kurita, he denies that this is the first set of emojis. He, I guess he's hump. But, I mean, it's like undeniably kind of 
one of the first set of emojis, especially since it was on a phone that was supposed to be used for widespread communication. Now, there's an argument for that, but come on. I think I read about this uh, where it launched in 1999, right? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, 1999. Mm-hmm. Very close to the millennium. Now, Kurita has mentioned that when he first designed these emojis, he took a huge influence out of Japanese manga.、Um, if you haven't read Japanese manga, or you know what, much less, if you don't know what Japanese manga is, it's basically、uh, Japanese comics. They're known to be way more expressive and everything in between. Whereas, Comics here, besides, besides the superhero comics, comics here are very cartoonish and usually just have more visual gags. But in Japanese manga, where they like to have more realistic interpretations of things and emotions, faces can only do so much.、Um, and when they try to ham up the humor after going from like serious to, to humorous, they usually like to add little flares to their characters' faces. For instance, When someone is nervous, they'll show nervousness by having like a drop of sweat on the side of their faces. Now, I know everybody out there is probably well acquainted with manga and screaming, We know that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When Kurita started designing these emojis, he took that into account. And that's how you start having these、uh, faces with a little sweat drop on the side. Or the little lines that denotes, you know, like the blue lines when it denotes, like, oh my God, like a gasp at something that he'd done. Or if they're angry, sometimes you'll see a set of like four red rounded corners in a like a clover fashion, denoting anger or something like that. You know, that's where he took that influence. And you can see that same influence in today's set of emojis. A lot of those faces, those facial features, still come from manga that is widely used to, to this day. Now, interestingly enough, his emojis, none of them included yellow faces. What, what color did they use? Like, did they have a color? Was it just black and white? Unfortunately, I did not,、mm. I did not find that in my research.、Uh, but I believe, if I'm reading correctly, it was just regular、um, black and white icons. How old were you when you first had your phone? When you had your first phone?、Um, I got my first mobile phone in high school. So 2003. I was a freshman. Oh, God. Are we dating ourselves now? Showing our age here. Strike this! Strike this from the record. Yeah, this will be yeah, officially sorry, removed、freshman. from the podcast, yes. <laughs> it was a really old one, though. It was like a little flippy. I didn't have a cool phone or anything. Did you say 2007?、Was... Mm, no, 2003. What, what kind of phone was it? Dude, I have no clue. I know it wasn't like anything new. It was like a handy down that just flipped open and I made a call, you know? Like, <laughs> what, were you. I don't know. I really don't were know. Were you texting back then? <laughs> I was texting with emoticons. Yeah, totally. Were you using emoticons as in like the punctuation or did it have its own set of pictures? No, like the punctuations. Punctuations. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't graduate to emojis till, till much later. <laughs> well, I didn't graduate to having a phone until after I graduated. I think my first phone was like around 2008 or 9. No, 2009, I believe. And at the time, I was well in, into my 20s. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Holy s h Yeah,、dude. I know. My first phone was one of those Boost Mobile flip ups. Yeah, there were still no smiley faces then. I was able to, to use punctuational smileys, like you said. And then, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of winky faces back in that day. <laughs> what, what, what was big then?、Uh, MySpace and Facebook. So MySpace didn't have emo- emoticons, did it? Smiley faces? No, right? I mean, I think they did. Didn't they? Didn't they have some type of emoji? Maybe like a basic smiley face at least?、Wow. No, I don't think they. Are we going to have to log、no. into our old. 
If we could code in HTML, I feel like we could, you know, put an emoji on that. <laughs> code, code our own emojis. No. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? No, if we if we could code in HTML, we went past emojis. We started adding GIFs, backgrounds, um, and like animated text. But I don't think we ever did emojis or emoticons. Okay, I think if we're talking about 2008, like MySpace was done by then. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so let's just stop talking about MySpace. <laughs> let's go back to facebook but no i don't I guess i don't really recall ever using an emoji that's insane yeah also who thinks about this when when you're younger and like are not thinking about emojis like hey i just used emoji that's awesome no no one does that's true yeah which is why they're listening to this podcast right now right <laughs> if i were to say that apple was the one who came up with the grand idea of in- of creating emojis and including in their phones would you believe it yes well, you are wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is true that they are one of the first ones to put it on phones, but the idea to start using emojis in widespread media or in widespread um, technology was actually first pushed by Google. At- yeah, so it was a couple of engineers in, uh, in Google that started looking into uh, widespread use of emoticons or, or pictographs like the proto-emojis in Japan. And they started pushing Google to adopt it. Soon after that, Apple um, also got wind and also heard about this and decided to join Google. They started collaborating with phone providers in both European Union and Japan to start mass uh, implementation of emojis. Of course, Apple beats Google to the punch and created a phone that has emojis you know, already built into it. And that's basically how it was born to be the official first emojis. Mm, so Apple basically took the credit that they're the Apple first one. Apple took the credit. Yeah. Like always, <laughs> Apple. Okay, so the first emojis were launched in 1999. So I assume that other OSs were using emojis separately. So this OS is using this emoji, this OS is using this emoji. And it wasn't right. until 2010 when Unicode came in and made it a standardized system across all languages all sites and all programs that we could communicate without having to flop ah you're right yeah after after the 176 first ones for the i mode other phone systems started creating their own version of emojis and and whatnot and in fact it was mostly used more on uh, emails instead of text messages because emails were much more open to encoding and other stuff i read that uh some emojis before unicode some emojis didn't translate well so if an iphone is sending rolling on the floor laughing to a uh, android they would see a sad face sometimes or or the opposite like it wouldn't translate completely well so someone who thinks they're laughing and having a good time the other person on another carrier is thinking oh this person's mad at me i thought that was so funny that's exactly what happened to me that's how a few of my breakups happened like they were (laughs) telling me some very sad things about them that you know so and so becca just told them straight up that they didn't take them seriously and i was like just sending you know my emotions I was crying, and they ended up getting a laughing face emoji <laughs> and then a poop and a turtle for some reason. And it sh- yeah, it never worked out. <laughs> I dodged a bullet that day. Turtles, huh? Yeah, Becca. Turtles. <laughs> Becca. No, Becca was a friend. Whatever. This conversation would be more spicy if I was, like, drinking whiskey. Drinking water. Yeah, I ran out of whiskey, too. Ugh. 
Ugh. We'll just pretend we're drinking whiskey. No, no placebo effect here. Now, how Apple and Google collaborated to uh, to get this um, to get emoji mass adopted in both the European Union and Japan, uh, the timeline went like this: back in August 2007, Mark Davis, Kat Momoi, and Marcus Schur, all uh, engineers of Google, wrote the first draft to the Unicode Technical Committee to introduce emoji to the Unicode standard. And now that's important because Unicode is what makes sure that all devices communicate the same. If you type in like a first few paragraphs in one language on one device, send that over to a different device of a different manufacturer, that device will get the exact same letters, words, and structures and everything. It will, no data will be lost there. Emoji was first introduced by Google back in October, 2008. And Apple released the first Apple color emoji to iPhones in November 21st of 2008, only in Japan. Um, and on top of that, January in, 2000, in January 2009, Peter Edberg and Yosuo Kida joined Apple in their efforts and wrote their official proposal to the uh, Unicode standard, uh, Unicode committee as well. So as of 2008, emojis were only used in Europe and Japan. Is that right? Um, technically only in Japan at first. I'm not sure if Europe was even using them back then, but only in Japan. So what's interesting is how uh, American users first discovered emojis existed in their iPhones. American users would start downloading Japanese apps on their phone for whatever reason. And they noticed that whenever you opened up the keyboard in those Japanese apps, they'll get an extra little icon, a smiley face next to the space bar. And they noticed that extra features for smiley faces appeared. Once that was discovered and everybody was astounded and started using them, a bigger push to have emojis started happening. More pressure was added on top of that. At first, the only way to access emojis was through a third-party app by developer Josh Gare in the App Store. You would download that, and it would allow you to start typing with the emoji keyboard. Apple originally didn't um, intend for the emoji keyboard to be accessible outside of Japan. In 2011, though, iOS version 5.0 was released and officially allowed everyone to use emojis. Finally. So I'm going to assume that they, maybe the U.S., they didn't think that people in the U.S. would want to use these these emojis. That's why they didn't just roll it out completely. Exactly, yeah. Um, they didn't roll it out completely because they didn't think that we already had a culture of using smiley face pictures. This was more primarily a Japanese thing at first because, well, besides their language just being mostly based on symbols, um, faces, kind of like pictographs like you mentioned earlier, were, were more in line with their writing style. But I guess, mm -hmm. you know, they, they thought wrong. They Completely wrong. That, you know, we've been using, they, they understand that we use smileys <laughs> since before computers were even a thing. It's now um, said that, it, that emoji language is the world's fastest growing language at this point. Like it's used in workplace as well. Like everyone wants, everyone wants to use emojis. <laughs> Did you know there's a uh, World Emoji Day? Is there? What day is that? Yeah, well, there's an official day for everything. Well, this one's unofficial, but there's an unofficial day for everything. But World Emoji Day is July 17th every year. So July 17th, we can celebrate World Emoji Day. Oh, wow. How long is that from now? What's what's today? Oh, look at that. It's February 31st. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't go back in time. <laughs> so why, why July 17th? You know, I have no clue how my guess is everything else was taken. <laughs> no, I don't know. I have no clue. Um, but it's the summertime, and everyone likes summer, so hey. Hey. Well, it's summertime here, where we're at. Where's the bathing suit emoji <laughs> for this? 
Ooh, fun. <laughs> Did you know that if you threaten someone with emojis, like if you have a, a head and just put a gun to it, you can uh, use that. It can be used against you in uh, in court. What? I mean... Yeah, so don't don't threaten anyone. Well, don't threaten anyone, first of all, and definitely don't threaten anyone with emoji. Has has there been a case of that? Like, is there like an official record of that? I, there's a reason why it's written, I would assume, that there would be a case for it. It falls in line with those, uh, do not iron with clothes on type of things, huh? I almost made that mistake. Oh, you know what? It was a steamer, actually. Don't steam your dress with it on, guys. My God. <laughs> I didn't know. That's insane. So you're <laughs> able to use that as an official record of premeditation mm-hmm. or even a threat. Yeah, it's a threat. It's, it's a threat. It goes down as a threat, and you can you can be charged that's, with it in court. That yep. is insane. Huh. I mean, is it though? I mean, emojis like like what else could this mean? You know, but a lot of people do. You know, they kind of put they do it like as a physical gesture. They kind of like you know if they're having a bad day at work, they'll do that gun to their head thing. So I guess maybe they need to like take you know more of the text or the concepts a little like con what is it context they'll need to take more of the context with with the threat I guess yeah I've I've been known to do that like gun to my head type of thing at, in the office I think yeah. I still do that do this to this day ooh burn well let me just let me just call your boss up right now oh my I'll just, god I'll just let him know <laughs> well I'm not putting the gun to his head I'm putting it to my head I'm doing my boss favor. <laughs> Um, another fun fact is there, so this is like a supposedly thing. Supposedly men and women use emojis differently. I guess some research shows, let me see what I said here. Women are 11% more likely to use emojis that represent joy and men are 35% more likely to use emojis that represent fear. Really? Um, what are we we scared of? (laughs) Probably women. I don't know. Um, and women and love then, that. <laughs> yes, and then we're, we're, we're full of joy. See how it works? <laughs> um, and then women are 16% more likely to use emojis compared to men. So just overall, women use more emojis than men. But 56% of eggplant emojis are sent by men. Of course. Whoa, I didn't know they love their vegetables that much. That's insane. Have <laughs> yeah, you have you had fresh vegetables. Have you had fresh eggplants? It's delicious. Uh, just plead the fifth. You know, <laughs> speaking of eggplants, you know, emojis aren't without their controversy either. Did you know that the pistol emoji, the gun emoji, had gone through an evolution of its design? Because when it first came out, it was done like a regular recognizable handgun. You know those, and um, it started evolving slowly from the the, cl- the Glock to a blunderbuss to a revolver to a beefer revolver. But because of the political atmosphere lately, everybody has started redesigning their emoji to a water gun. Really? Bus. Yeah. Well, I like water guns more, so that's cool. I know I have like three right now, right next to me. It's so thirsty. <sighs> Someone should make a Nerf gun emoji. Oh, that would be awesome. What would that look like, though? Orange and white. You know, it'll have those little Nerf bullets. It'll look plasticky, you know. That's what it kind of, that's what the water gun kind of looks like right now. I'll have to see. Let me go text someone. <laughs> yeah, why, am I, why am I getting a message? That's weird. <laughs> now, another, another um, almost controversial emoji here. 
was with the uh, finger doing the okay symbol. That one with the with the thumb and the pointer finger like um, closing in a circle and then the rest of the finger sticking up. About a few years ago from what when this podcast is recorded, that was for a short while considered a controversial symbol, even though it meant okay. Um, but it was... What else could it mean? Right? I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking at it right it now. It was first supposed to be a symbol that supposedly symbolized, uh, you know, white pride or, or, or some other racist connotation. And it, mm. apparently it, it started off as a joke, but then they tried to appropriate it. It was a weird timeline mishmash of things, but eventually it went out to just being back to the regular okay symbol you know, that, that no one bats an eye at right now but for a moment there there was a large push to have that symbol also either removed or replaced by something else completely but that never came through it's still there we see the okay symbol now as a very non-threatening symbol back to its original roots of meaning okay so everything's dandy everything's all fine and use oh you know i have seen going with that i have seen <laughs> where they uh they put like a finger pointing and then it's pointing to the okay circle and i think they were using it as like a, a sexual thing you know like we're gonna get laid tonight type of thing so i thought that's what you were gonna say <laughs> no um about the okay symbol i've seen that one <laughs> I think, you, I think we're talking about is the <laughs> eggplant with the okay symbol and the mouthful and the water drops, water drops, you know, the ones we all send all the time, you oh. know? Wow. <laughs> Didn't even get that far. It's... <laughs> now we know what you do all day, man. Pieces and eggplants. Now it's the... <laughs> There's still no dates. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the only dates I have are court dates. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think only developers or engineers are allowed to propose or create emojis, but I was doing my research and anyone can submit an emoji. And it doesn't mean all of them go through, you know, the emoji uh, subcommittee will review them and decide what goes through and what gets rejected, but anyone can propose an emoji. If you want to submit a new emoji to Unicode, Here's a quick timeline. So mind you, it'll take about two years and a lot of forms to fill out and a lot of interviewing with people. So if you're two into years. that, yeah, it's crazy. It's a crazy long process. So first, this is a yearly process. So in April, Unicode will start taking um, proposals. So you would dump your proposal in and then January to March, the emoji subcommittee will review all new proposals and they will either reject things that don't, you know, match their standards or they will inquire for more info. Um, January then, to March. January yeah. to March of the next year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like April and then the following year, January to March, they'll start looking through the, the proposals. Yeah. And then April to June, the committee will finalize everything that will go into the Unicode standard, um, like assigning the universal code for each emoji that was approved. Then July to September, the draft candidates list is created, which lists all the emojis that will uh, be moving forward. So if you made it past July, you have been approved, you are moving forward. Vendors like Google, Apple, Microsoft, Twitter, Facebook, They'll all um, see this list and they'll be able to weigh in. So they also will affect, you know, if you continue on or if you get rejected at that point. 
October to December, Unicode's common locale data repository will establish a name for the emoji and record the name in the language of anything other than English. And then the following year, January to March, it's it will be the first quarter of the second year now, um, the final candidates list will be sent to all the vendors to start designing um, and each vendor has their own uh, style guides to follow uh, depending on which OS they are working on and then April to June of that second year once all of the designs are final vendors will roll out the new emoji sets um, and this is just depends on when the operating system is going to send their new updates so whenever usually Apple does it and then Samsung or Google does it so whenever they do that it'll roll out man that is a very long process <laughs> you really got to be patient for this that's insane y yes that's like the main thing you need patience you need good communication and patience a proper proposal um for all for all those out there who are interested in this you can look at the uh, guidelines for submitting unicode emoji proposals in the unicode's official website at unicode.org slash emoji slash proposals.html. Now, I'm, I'm taking a look at this, and it is very detailed. It is a lot of stuff right, right on top yeah. of there. Um, Just initially, the forms, the amount of forms is crazy. That's insane, yeah. I, amongst there, yeah. It, it tells you, it asks for things like uh, expected usage level for mm -hmm. frequency in Google search, Bing search, like who uses that? Google video search, etc. you know? A funny thing that they add here, it's like, please do not justify the addition of an emoji because it furthers a cause no matter how worthwhile, you know? And on top of that, you have to include flat zip files um, for images of examples of your emoji in a PG PNG format. So you kind of have to draw it out or have someone design it for you to include it there as an example for Unicode to, to review it. Yeah, well, that's awesome. So I heard a little bit about this process because one of my favorite podcasters out there Alex Schmidt from the uh, Secretly Incredibly Fascinating podcast. If you've never heard of that podcast, go check it out. Great stuff. He actually went through the process of uh, designing and proposing his own emoji, and he was documenting the fact. He, he made this four-episode podcast series, One Way to Make an Emoji, um, and he was detailing online like how uh, everything that he went through when creating the, the emoji. He proposed the bison emoji, and it took a while, but it did finally go through um, after a couple of years, like Mima outlined. So his actually went through. So we can we can type in bison and it will pop up? Yeah, yeah. If you type in bison right now, the, the emoji will pop up. And I think there was like more than one type of bison emoji that was proposed and accepted, I think. I might have to cut this out. But yeah, he, um, he proposed the bison emoji. It went through and you can use it right now if you want. That's so cool, man. He he has a lot of patience then because it's it's a lot of time, a lot of work. But yeah, even throughout all that time, some people can go like halfway through the process and then get rejected. But mm -hmm. I mean, I'm looking at this list right now of rejected emojis, and some of these are hilarious. Like I can't believe some were even considered, or people even had the idea to make some of these go through. I was listening to Alex's emoji podcast, and in there he was having an interview with. He was having a conversation with one of the Unicode engineers, and they were discussing, you know, how strict the emoji guidelines were. Not to, not to discourage you from proposing an emoji, but some people have proposed emojis out there that they thought were great ideas, but the Unicode consortium 
would come through and look at them and decide that mm, it's, it's not for the best. Uh, but they do have some strict guidelines for uh, for a real reason. You know, the emojis, as per the engineer, mentions that they have to have some kind of cultural significance. And the more they can see an emoji being used for more than one thing will really help the Unicode Consortium to vote for that emoji to go through. You know, just like how the uh, peach emoji usually stands for more things, you know, besides just the peach or, um, you know, uh, other emojis used for other other reasons. A few emojis have been proposed that have been rejected that you would think, oh, that's, that's a great idea. Um, but ultimately, it just depends on how the Unicode would see it working in proper use. Now, that is to say, if you look at the list of rejected emojis, then you start understanding why, <laughs> why they're so strict <laughs> on it. I'm looking through this right now, and I am just cracking up. This is so funny. Some <laughs> people are really clever, and then others are just like, why would you need this? Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny now some of these i don't understand why they're excluded like the high five who doesn't do a high five right like why why, why was this rejected and then there's a west coast hand sign I do see the west. come on there's an east coast too i didn't even know east coast had a, a symbol that's funny i'm learning a lot from this this is good stuff now if you look at this list you'll see a few things like for instance soybean oh my god they have hummus love hummus hummus now, what's interesting is part of that podcast also mentioned that uh, emojis are not supposed to be complete replacements for words. But emojis are meant to be used to accentuate an idea, not just replace a word entirely. Which is why when you like say a joke or something, you'll add that little smiley face emoji at the end. You know, like you're not replacing the whole joke or the punchline with the emoji. You're using it to denote like it should be extra joyous or there's more behind it. That explains why some of these, like for instance, the celery emoji or the mustard emoji, or even the almond emoji. Sensible things, not even ridiculous ideas. They're being rejected because how often are you going to use an almond emoji besides for what an almond is for? Or, you know, you're not going to add an almond at the end of a sentence unless you're talking about diets, you know? Yeah, or it's National Almond Day, you know? Um, I think the the cooking pot, you know, the crock pot one is is detrimental. I think we need to pass this right now. Dude, they have... The names of, of the rejectors, basically. So it's <laughs> the website shows the icon, what it is, and then they have the person who uh, who was rejected. Talk about calling them out. <laughs> yeah, go on this list and laugh at them. Ha. <laughs> no. Uh, One thing that, so that uh, we got forgot to mention here is that if you propose an emoji and it gets rejected, you can't repropose it for another two-ish years, I believe, right? Oh, is it? That's yeah, a good I, point. Yeah. I could see people just every every April just submitting the same. I think there have been a few cases where some emojis were rejected years prior, and then they were resubmitted like a whole five, six years later, and then they got accepted. I can't remember exactly which ones, but I, I remember there were a few like those. There's an angry pile of poop, and there's a frowning pile of poop. Oh my god, the emo emoji is just making me crack up here. It's actually the expressionless face half covered by hair emoji. Oh, like like we call the frozen chocolate <laughs> yogurt uh, emoji, the frozen chocolate yogurt emoji, right? Let's just let's just get it right. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. 
I have to get off of this site because I'm just going through the I'm just going through the <laughs> list. No, it's a it's a it's a time waster. I'm actually angry some of these aren't have been made. Look at the yeah, same. number of dinosaurs on this list that would have been awesome. Man, after seeing this list of rejected proposals for emojis, I think I'm gonna have to try real hard to come up with something that can be used in society. Do you do you have anything in mind, Mima? Oh no. I already know I wouldn't make it past the the forms and all that i do not have that kind of patience but i do think it's really interesting looking linguistically like the evolution of language and how we are you know went from just little characters to text words and all that and now we're talking in pictures that's always really interesting to me what isn't it kind of funny because like you know that you know that t-shirt that has um it goes from like um, like a an ape, and then it goes like a human, and it's it's supposed to mean, you know, we're getting smarter. Yeah, um, it's funny because if you look at it, it's like we we were speaking in an actual language, and now we're going back to like images, where it's like we're actually going back <laughs> to being stupider. Are we being stupider, or is this just pictures <laughs> are the new thing? <laughs> pictures are the new thing. <laughs> I they have to they're gonna have to make a new show where it's like the uh, crawling ape to to homo erectus to homo sapien with a computer then going back to just an emoji face and emoji monkey that's going to be the new shirt (laughs) yay i can't (laughs) wait we should totally make it we should totally make that yeah well on that note we've already run through our list of facts for today thank you for joining us on our very first episode our pilot episode of chimps on a keyboard yes hope you enjoyed thank you so much for joining us on our pilot episode and i hope you join us for the next ones You all have been great. This is Johnny and Mima. And we are Chips on on the keyboard. Keyboard.